Yo, what up? Welcome to another episode of the Oakland Warriors podcast. I'm Patrick, and this is part two of a two-part little podcast series about the Warriors' greatest meltdowns of all time. These were some discussions between me and Aram in Toronto that were largely inspired by all the Ben Simmons, Philadelphia 76ers drama. It was like, yo, all this stuff with Ben Simmons kind of reminds us of all the Warriors meltdowns from our lifetime. So in part one, which came out a couple days ago, that was Oakland Warriors episode number 121. Go check that out if you haven't. We talked about the big one, the big Chris Webber, Don Nelson meltdown from the early 90s. And then subsequently, the Latrell Sprewell meltdown of the late 90s. Those were obviously very, very connected, but you know, there are two separate incidents. So check that out. And in this episode, we talk about a couple other meltdowns and get more into what will hopefully be our final, though probably not really final, thoughts on Ben Simmons, where we think he should go, and who we would actually give up for him to have him come to the Warriors. And to be clear, Ben Simmons is a very, very, very good basketball player. But the question has always just been, what are you willing to give up for him? So anyway, hope you enjoy. Like I said, check out the previous episode if you haven't yet. And um, yeah, see you on the other side. A maybe more recent meltdown uh, was another team that uh, reached this like fevered uh, excitement, a little bit less about their potential, but I mean, they were so unexpected was the, the We Believe team. You know, I mean, I think like the... The the Jason Richardson, Arenas, Troy Murphy draft, like that kind of got a little bit of excitement. But, you know, of course, they they traded Murphy and Dunleavy for Harrington and Steven Jackson. And then that team took off with Baron Davis and Rookie Monte and Jay Rich. And I mean, it was such a it was such a fun team. And again, so unexpected that they did anything that they were even in the playoffs because it had been so long. I It hadn't been since the Weber team that a Warriors team had made, had made the playoffs. So, yeah. uh, I mean, that's another link. And so, um, I mean, the, we believe team was great, you know, and that definitely rehabilitated, uh, Don Nelson in many Warriors fans eyes, or was their first exposure to Don Nelson really. And it, it gave rise to a, a whole generation of Warriors fans. Yeah. Yeah. To the point where they did, we believe retro jerseys, right? <laughs> yeah. Which, you know, you and I were like, really? And then it came out and was like, hey, it looks pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> like the, yeah. the court looked pretty good too. Yeah. Those yeah. blue, those blue jerseys were pretty nice. Yeah. Um, but, uh, you know, oh, and, and Nelly is like, oh, he's this old kooky guy who likes to drink and smoke with his players. You know, it's like, this is kind of like messed it up before. But it's fine. I'll be happy for it now. And then, of course, uh, we get another meltdown. They, I, I'm, I'm trying to get the chronology right, but um, they were going to trade Richardson for somebody better than what they ended up trading him for. Brandon Wright. Yeah, they ended yeah. up trading him to Charlotte for the eighth pick. And, you know, we know much better now that, like, rookies rarely help you. But he, he was in line to be traded for a vet. I, I don't know if it was uh, – we could get – it was like – it would be like, we could get Kevin Garnett. And then and then we get Brandon Wright. It's like, 
wait. Right, right. Yeah, no, I remember Kevin Garnett's name getting floated. But like, the funny thing is, that is what they did with Mitch Richmond, right? Yeah. In a way, like they they traded him for Billy Owens, who wasn't like a a true big, but he was a 6'9", quote unquote, next Magic Johnson point guard type, you know, (laughs) ball handler, all this stuff, right? So they traded one of their core, like heart and soul kind of guys, Mm -hmm. Warriors number 23, when they had something good. For a quick fix, and it it didn't work out. That's to say the least. Um, and so the, I mean, I that definitely uh, that definitely started this kind of free fall. I think there was Baron Davis contract negotiations. I mean, this is all again falls on the hands of the organization, Don Nelson, uh, Chris Cohan, and of Bobby course Roll. like uh, Bobby Roll. The you know, an, uh, it's kind of like a when you get a new villain in, in like the, the sequel or the threequel, right? Um, yeah. So it's a new character. And uh, so there's a lot of contract stuff. I mean, I, I guess I, when I was thinking about meltdowns, I was thinking about Steven Jackson in particular, but I guess that whole, we believe team just melted down in general. I mean, I was thinking about Steven Jackson because there was like, I think he had the most public incidents where, uh, he was like shooting a gun outside of a strip club. He had a, on media day, he showed off his new tattoo, like the, the, the prey hands, uh, tattoo. And then, um, and then he had his own contract. Uh, <laughs> I mean, give him some credit for, uh, negotiating a contract extension and then demanding to be traded. So get the money. And, uh, but he swindled Robert roll into giving him a, a contract extension from what i remember like he was kind of buddy buddy with roll uh using him just to get the contract and everything and yeah i mean in terms of meltdown like again like it's it's not so much uh he had a meltdown but basically like if the ben simmons like i don't want to be here <laughs> right like this is this that, that and the we believe team obviously piece by piece fell yeah. apart yeah, lose Jay Rich, uh, you lose Baron Davis. Yeah, oh, first then, with then the Clippers. Yeah, the- you, you lose Jay Rich. You don't make the playoffs. Like you're, I think at the time, maybe still the best team not to make the playoffs because yep. of, like they had a forty, almost like forty eight wins somewhere up yeah, there, I, just I, under yep. fifty, and they lose Baron Davis. Monte tears his ankle up in shreds. Uh, Steven Jackson wants out. Beedrins forgets how to shoot. Uh, Harrington, I don't even know how he disappeared. How he got? How he left? Oh, the I team. don't remember. And then, and then they signed Corey Maggette, right? I think, I think that was uh, yeah, that was yeah. their response. <laughs> that was their, their band aid. Obviously, in the midst of all that, they uh, they draft uh, <laughs> Wardell. But it, it was it was tough going. And as a longtime Warriors fan, it was like, ah, this is why we can't have nice things, you know? Yep. And that thing was Chris Cohan, right? Like yep. he, at that point, it wasn't Don Nelson. It was Cohan. It was Roll, all the stuff. So that goes. You know. Two points. I just remember that that media day of uh, Steph's, like he had just only played summer league and it was like the first day of training camp. And then uh, Monte, that was Monte saying, um, and this was like, like we, we we had no clue Steph was going to be who he was and the savior and, and 
who we should all be giving so much credit for this rise. Uh, but that, that was the first day where uh, of training camp. And then Monte, uh, they asked him, you think a backcourt of you and Steph can work? And he's like, can't do it. He just can't do it. And, you know, he was probably right. You know, can't really play. Can't play two small guards. Yeah, together. they weren't successful. No. So he was right. Uh, but it was just like, uh, here we go. <laughs> you know, it's like this is uh, not starting off well. So, you know, years later, fast forward years later, uh, final season at Oracle to see uh, Steph and to hear that Steph really actually valued his relationship with Monte. It's like, that's pretty cool. Um, and, you know, I think as Steph is getting older, we are appreciating what he's done more and more. And we've always loved Steph, but man, uh, who would have thought this, this guy, this little skinny dude would, uh, would, would be the player he is give us this good fortune. And from at least what we can see, like be like a good teammate and good dude, you know? Um, so amidst that tire fire, uh, something came out of it. So I will say this about Steph, like, I I wasn't a fan of his at Davidson. You know, I thought he was just another like just college chucker. But when the draft came in 09, I was like excited because I was like very curious. I was like, mm-hmm. hell, yeah, let's see what happens with this kid, you know? And I remember watching him rookie season and he did something I hadn't really seen much before. He was such a threat off the bounce with his yeah. three-point shot that like he would mitigate his inability to beat most people off the dribble yep. by just like slightly turning his hand over as if he were going to shoot people biting on that fake and he would run by them. Yeah. When he was in college, I used to think he was just maybe going to be like Hersey Hawkins, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> like one of those just shooters who lit it up in college, but couldn't really translate, became spot up whatever. And I know like how well he played obviously at at Davidson in the, in the tournament, his sophomore year, but seeing him do that in my mind, I was like, Oh, I, that, that's kind of a game changer for a guy who could shoot threes. And the thing is about everybody else was like, they were just catch and shoot. Mm -hmm. Even Chris Jackson, I watched him in college. Maybe if he played, you know, everybody talks about how, you know, Steph and Chris Jackson are, similar and before they were like oh that's that's a i think Shaq said that um that that he that steph reminded him of chris jackson but obviously the rules were a little bit different mm-hmm. chris jackson was pretty automatic but or mahmoud abdul Rauf or yeah uh, exactly if you wanna yeah but that one move i forgot who he was playing against i just remember seeing it in on a replay too during a game and i was like whoa i've never really seen anyone bite on that move that hard fast forward like that he does that all the time like he does more than that and that's that's you know who he is i i I remember thinking that too in that like he could basically get a 15 or 20 foot jumper anytime and nowadays debate the value of that but but he also could get it at any time and he could make it at a pretty good rate you know because he was already you know obviously such a good shooter so um i mean it was like oh this this dude this dude can score you know 
and yeah. he's got a lot of he's got a lot of tricks and and uh and moxie yeah he had a lot of flair and yeah. uh, his rookie season I, I remember i remember summer league or preseason actually watching a game between the warriors and the clippers and baron davis was on the clippers at that point and baron davis had the ball on the baseline and he was backing into steph and i was like Oh man, this Steph kid is gonna get worked all season. I don't know <laughs> yeah. how this kid is gonna survive. And then I remember, you know, you fast forward somewhere, you know, second half of Steph's rookie season against the Clippers, he has his first triple double against Baron Davis. And I was like, Well, I guess I was wrong. <laughs> you know? How <laughs> this turned into Steph appreciation. <laughs> well, you know, I mean, I think it just goes to show, you know, uh, you gotta have some faith as a fan and, and you always do, right? Like even, in, even through those meltdowns, um, I think we kept watching cause we still cared and wanted to believe that something better would come and it never felt like it would. And then when it did, it came from like a really unexpected place. I, I just feel like the need to value that trajectory, you know, and, and just take a look back and, how far it's come from those, those uh, Weber, Spreewell, dark, dark, uh, no more Mr. Nice Guys era. Also, it informs my attitude and, you know, seemingly like your attitude too about what the Warriors are now and how they should proceed. You know, mm-hmm. we've seen so many attempts of like, oh, this is what we need. Let's give up the house for this guy, right? Let's give up Mitch Richmond because Billy Owens is the missing piece. Mm -hmm. Uh, Let's give up Tom Gugliotta for Danielle Marshall because, you know, he's young and he's like, he's 6'9". And let's trade Spreewell for a bunch of uh, has-beens for the most part. All these instincts that some people have to be like, oh yeah, we got to get Bradley Beal. Or we got to get Ben Simmons, or uh, we got to get even know who Siakam. Else. Yeah, yeah, let's get whatever. Siakam. Or early on, Damian Lillard. That was that's ridiculous. You know, you trade the house for one of these guys, and you're really, really setting yourself up for all or nothing. And we've seen it, what it's like when it's nothing. Mm-hmm. And and I'm not saying like play it safe, but literally, I. I think it's playing smart from experience and from seeing what we've seen. If you have Jonathan Kaminga, if you have James Wiseman, Moody and Poole, I feel like a faction of Warriors fans that think we need to get Bradley Beal because we need to stack the deck. Only know this Warriors team when they've been the clear favorites. Mm -hmm. And that's the only way you win a title. Yeah. You know, and we need to win a title this year, next year, as opposed to, we want to be at the top of the NBA for like another decade instead of being like, I only know this team. We we have to be like the clear favorites and the best team to, to, to get there. But I mean, that's just my perspective. I, I definitely think Warriors fans need to have perspective. And, and, you know, honestly, I think that was one of the, it's not the, the reason why it was like, Oh, we should talk about this. It, but, but it, 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 it is important to have a perspective about, um, the the team's past. I mean, I think there's so many people who, like you said, want to just go all in. And uh, you know what? Like, 
just as much as people are saying, you know, you can't win with these uh, young players. It's like, doesn't mean you're going to win with Bradley Beal either. Right. (laughs) You know? Um, So I, I, and it's not, Hey, we're, we're not, we're not uh, warriors management shills, you know, like we're, we're just, you know, trying to judge from experience, like you said. So, um, and it's also a a little bit of uh, um, some sympathy going out to Sixers fans, um, (laughs) you know, who, who are probably feeling a little bit uh, tired of all this and, and want it to be over like the rest of us. And, um, and, and, you know, the threat of seeing like a, a pretty decent team that has had success um, that is maybe has an odd fit, but, has seen it fall apart like that's that's not a good feeling in it um it's painful for a fan so um, i sympathize with those those fans yeah and you alluded to this the last time we talked that you know like that their process well you're talking about the warriors and they just need like one of their young guys to hit and you talked about the sixers and their process they got a couple hits but it's amazing how many misses they had. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, how many like top five first rounders they had. Yeah. Fultz, Okafor, Noel. And I guess I can sympathize with the fact that like <laughs> they got to the pinnacle. If it wasn't for Kawhi's shot that hit the rim six times, maybe this doesn't happen. But they got just on the precipice of getting somewhere and then it all falls apart. And like that would suck for them. I have said this, and I will say it again, just as a pure fan, I want to see Dame Lillard on Philly because I like Lillard. I don't want him on the Warriors. I think him on the Blazers is just played out unless they can improve drastically, which it doesn't seem like they can. So just put him in the East. I want to see him play with Embiid, see if his star can really, really shine uh, under the big lights of East Coast media and probably – uh, deeper into the playoffs. Who knows? By the time this episode comes out, like Ben Simmons might get traded, but I really, I really just don't know. I, no. I just, wh- it's gonna, it's gonna, dra- this is gonna drag on and it's gonna be so played out. Let's just put this out there. Like, I, I know we're tired of talking about Ben Simmons, but like, besides me saying that I want to see Dame on Philly, what team do you think? Ben Simmons will end up on and where would you actually want to see him end up? I know you couldn't care less, but try. Um, okay. So what, what team do I think he'll end up on? Yeah. Cause right now, right now, as we're recording this, all the teams are saying like, Nope, you can't have our best guys. And then seeing what the Sixers will do. Everybody's taking the same stance pretty much. Right. Getting him to the Kings is the one that I actually want to see because, okay, if, if I don't think Blazers, I, I think the Blazers are like uh, that couple that really needs to break up, but they're going to try to make it work. Um, they're going to go through therapy and uh, maybe, hey, we sh- let's have a kid. Um, so I think they're, that always <laughs> they're, just, they're just, yeah, they're just doomed to make it not work. Uh, so, I think I think the Kings would be a really great fit. Um, it makes sense that the Kings don't want to trade De'Aaron Fox, but Buddy Heald's not doing it. Uh, so, I mean, they have the pieces to go back to Philly. 
and then and then the kings could just be Ben's team, right? King Ben. Uh, so I, I so that's my that's my answer to both of yours because I think that would be just NBA fun wise. That would be really cool. Like if you did, uh, I don't know, Buddy Heald and De'Aaron Fox went to went to the the Sixers and you know whatever pieces like that. That would be a good team for yeah. Philly. Right. Yeah. No, that would be really fun. I don't really even know how good De'Aaron Fox can be. It's going to be really interesting to see these teams that are supposedly interested if this gets dragged out to see if they incrementally, like if you leak rumors about like the Wolves offering a little bit more, and then well the the Kings they'll they'll offer a little bit more too because it's like every it's like when you're buying something on eBay you're like oh yeah, okay, I'll just put this much in. But yeah. then when it gets time and you really want it, you're like, and you also feel that, feel that like that sense where you kind of don't want something, but then when you see you're not going to get it, you're like, you really want it mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and see how these offers go higher. You know, um, yeah. I also want to see Ben Simmons on the Kings. Cause like, if he really wants to go to like one of the quote unquote three California teams <laughs> when there's really four, I know, right? send him, <laughs> that was so funny. Send him to the least glamorous one and see how he likes it. Totally. Hey, week one of the NFL season is over and the San Francisco 49ers are one and oh. How about them apples? But the season's just getting started at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. To kick off week two, DraftKings has given new customers 200 bucks in free bets instantly when they bet $1 on any football game. Head to the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and place a bet of $1 on any week two game to receive $200 in free bets instantly. If Sportsbook is not yet available in your state, DraftKings still has huge cash prizes up for grabs all season long with their daily fantasy contests. DraftKings has given all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code TBPN to receive $200 in free bets when you place a $1 bet on any football game. That's promo code TBPN this week at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. New customers only. Minimum $5 deposit and $1 wager required. One per customer. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in Indiana, 1-800-9-WITH-IT. I'm also intrigued by if the Wolves would come to the table and actually offer something legit. I I don't know. I really don't cuz I'm let me ask you this like this whole clutch rich paul thing, right? Like and, and some, you know, warriors twitter fans whatever are saying like, "Oh, yeah, we ha- probably have to trade Draymond, you know, instead of Wiggins trade Draymond because they duplicate each other." But if there's acrimony with Maury and the Sixers, would Rich Paul, however powerful he is, would he <laughs> would he be like, sure, we'll take our Ben Simmons clutch agent to Golden State and we'll send one of our longtime uh, clutch clients to back to Philly if I don't get along with Maury? Would they do that? I, I don't I don't think so. Especially if Draymond like I mean he would have to want to go. 
right? In a sense. Yeah, I don't think, I mean, I don't know enough about how that dynamic plays into these kinds of things. I'm not even considering like <laughs> the Warriors GM, Bob Myers, the coaching staff. Well, I'm no, not even no. considering that. I'm just talking Rich Paul, actually, which is really funny. No, I know? know that. Well, that's that, but but that's that's the reality is that you have these. I mean, I mean, the Knicks are like CAA is basically a huge part of the Knicks, right? And so right. you do have these agencies have huge power. Um, and it, and it's something we hear the least about. So yeah. it's, it's really hard to say. I, the, the Minnesota one, just to go back to that, like, that doesn't make any sense to me because it's like, what are they going to give up? They're not giving up Towns or Anthony Edwards. So right. to me, it's like, well, there's that, that's, that's the end of it. Right. And they're, and they're saying they're not even going to give up D'Lo who I exactly. Think is, yeah. I think Embiid would get so frustrated playing with oh, yeah. Russell. He would like but, shout but, at him all the time. But they do play the same speed. I mean that 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 is uh, one of the things about uh, the De'Aaron Fox that doesn't fit Philly is, you know, he's he is a more up up tempo player, whereas uh, D'Lo is, is uh, he's a half court guy. You don't want to run around too much. Yeah, you know? maybe there's a package with him with D'Lo, Beasley, McDaniel picks out there. Who knows eventually? But let me ask you, okay. Is there a deal you would be okay with Ben Simmons on the Warriors? Mm. Like, you know, not like a ridiculous deal. Like, hey, bring back Smiley Gage and trade him. I, <laughs> <laughs> I know, I know. I'm trying to, I'm trying to think of like, like a, a reasonable one that I okay, would Okay, let's start off. I'll, I'll give you this, like on Wheel of Fortune, where they give you okay. some letters. Uh, I'll just give, I mean, it's obvious either Draymond or Wiggins is a starter, right? It's a, it has to be in it for, for salary. Yeah, yeah. Because to me, of course, like Steph and Clay are off the table, but beyond those two guys, Wiseman and Kaminga are the other two. Do you have untouchables? Well, Steph, I don't think anybody would trade for Clay. I, I, I don't know that Dre is a is untouchable, but I don't think he would be in this deal. He, you know, affects winning uh, despite his flaws, and so like you would be worse without him. And um, also, bottom line is my refrain from last season, I think, was Draymond's 16-game player and Ben Simmons is an 82-game player. And that's not even hyperbole, man. Like, we've seen it yeah. with Ben Simmons. He does not perform in the playoffs, whereas Draymond does. However, you do need to get to the playoffs so you can win those 16 games. So uh, you do need 82-game players. And, you know, you'd be banking on the fact that, like, you could rehabilitate him and or make him be- make him the best version of himself. Right now. OK, so Wiggins picks and you have to choose and, and it's some three way deal. So Philly gets what we're not we don't care what they get, but they're maneuvering something to get something that fits their needs. But we're just talking about Warriors now. Mm-hmm. So Wiggins for the salary picks. Uh, and and what of Wiseman or Kaminga is going out? You have to pick one of them, but you won't do two, and they won't ask for two. How about that? Yeah, they asked me to pick which one. You have to pick one. Yeah, I would keep. Ah, it's a tough one. This is tough. I'm thinking of our previous conversation about who's going to be the best player for the Warriors in two years and four yeah. years. 
Yeah. And everything. You, if you haven't listened to that episode, you should go back and listen to it. <laughs> Very insightful. Um, oh, man. It's like Sophie's choice. Yeah, exactly. It's like picking between <laughs> your children. Should I just do a whole episode where I hem and haw about which one? <laughs> <laughs> we'll wait. We'll wait. Um, I think I keep Kaminga. I'm just replaying the reasons why I think Kaminga will likely be a better player than Wiseman in a few years. Um, including like he plays wing, which is a more premium position. He has no injury history. He has a mindset to be a badass dude on the court. He doesn't seem afraid at all. Whereas Wiseman does have an injury. He has a lot of skills, but he doesn't necessarily have the ball in his hands all the time and hasn't proven to be like really great with the ball in his hands. And that his, I guess, like toughness, as we keep saying, the the dog in him just it might be there, but we haven't seen it consistently. Whereas like Kaminga will just mash on somebody's head and smile and just like he'll be a six eight guy who isn't afraid to play and body up centers. You know, whereas Wiseman is this massive dude who sometimes gets bodied by dudes who are a little bit smaller than him, you know? Yeah. So I guess Kaminga. I think in the end, especially right now, he's the one that has more value for all the reasons that you said. So I think that would have to be the deal. Um, yeah. Wiseman would, Wiggins would have and picks. Yeah. No, it would It would have to. No, I'm oh, saying. Kaminga. Yeah, yeah, it would. Yeah, yeah whatever it's going whoever it's going out to in three or four way trade like yeah. it, it would have to be coming going out but you know i i mean when i i was thinking no i'd rather keep wiseman uh for the fit and you know positional blah 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 but then when you're talking you know the thought of having uh simmons and Kaminga and draymond and like just these dudes flying around you know, pinging the ball around with passes and like, and on defense and on defense. Totally. Uh, that would be super fun. Yeah. So, Hey, if we can, I mean, I, I, I'll, I'll, you know, I know we've, we talked, we've said you know, like, Oh, I don't want Ben. And the whole premise of this was to not talk about Ben Simmons. Uh, but, uh, <laughs> here we are. And, uh, and if, Hey, if you could do it for Wiggins, Wiseman and a few picks, I'd, I'd do that. <laughs> Everybody's talking like on the chief. I mean, I'm reading comments and uh, tweets from fans of other teams and it's, it's all comical what people think they can get Ben Simmons for, but it's all in the realm of possibility because of the way Simmons has leveraged or has just like forced the Sixers and Maury's hand, you know, it's not like we think Ben Simmons is terrible, but it's like, how much are you willing to give up that's reasonable and after seeing all this drama yes you know there, there's an arrogance with Lacob and the warriors front office do they think they can rehab his game and his mind or whatever and make him like a, a winning player again but the headache that he's caused i wonder if any of them are like that's eh, kind of a red flag mm-hmm. for a guy who is not a top 10 player for a guy who at this point is not top 15 either defensively great, but like the headaches Draymond has created over the years are totally different from what Ben Simmons does. You know, Ben Simmons is just a little bit more seemingly of a, uh, likes being a celebrity from what you read. He flinches in the moment 
and he also might not have enough dog in him. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's like, true. It's when I think true. about Draymond as like the the total like alpha dog in that respect, yeah. like, do they really want that? I personally would say no, unless it was <laughs> for pennies on the dollar on the cheap. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it's going to be a question of who's cheap ass deal <laughs> is going to be like the best out of out of well all of yeah them. who's who's cheap ass deal will be the best and how much will rich paul uh leverage this to get him to where they want him to be yeah right like that that's the that's the like concoction that will all come together and will yeah. be revealed to itself by the time this podcast is out <laughs> All right, well, that is another episode of the Oakland Warriors podcast. Be sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcast. Feel free to hit me up on Twitter at Patrick Epino, E-P-I-N-O, or at Oakland Warriors. You can hit up Aram on Twitter at Aram Collier. I won't spell it out this time. <laughs> and check us out at OaklandWarriors.com. And be sure to tell your fellow Warrior fan friends to tune in and listen. The Oakland Warriors podcast is produced by National Film Society and is part of the basketball podcast network that's it music in this episode provided by paper sun special thanks to paul amardo for production support see you next time <laughs>